This is the Get Out of Here Baldy Podcast, episode 50, July 18th, 2023. This week's Baldy of the Week is Professor X from the X-Men franchise. National Day celebration. We talk about Comic Con, which is happening July 21st through the 24th. This is a convention for all of those comic nerds that exist in our world today. This day in history, July 20th, 1969. The first men, first man on the moon, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. We talk about Pastor Ben's message last Sunday at Wyatt Park Christian Church through Genesis chapter 22, 1 through 18. Thanks for joining us, friends. And now, let's go get this bread. They're Ben and Aaron, and they love sharing about their love for Jesus and food covered in cheeses. Weird news, history, sports regaled from a generation raised playing Oregon Trail. National celebrations almost every day. There's only one thing I have to say. Don't you point or stare at their lack of hair. Yes, they're follically challenged, so sing along with the biblical Baldy Ballad. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, read 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, if you don't know what I mean, come and take a listen to your two bald kings. What's up, Baldy Buddies, and welcome to another episode of the Get Out of Here Baldy podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Michaud, and I'm joined by, as always, Pastor Ben Hitsfield. Welcome, brother. Good afternoon to you. Afternoon yeah. today. Yeah, we've got a little bit of Mexican in the in the belly. After Dude, if you hear snoring, <laughs> it's a, it yes. just hit. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, yeah. We kind of need this uh, podcast today to kind of keep the uh, keep, keep, keep the wheels going. Bit. That's right. Mm-hmm. We went to the dump. We did, yes. we did a little activity. We, I felt like yes. we earned that Mexican. I thought so, too. Got a little bit of exercise in that. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, probably the calories outweigh the output. But, I mean, still, no, I, mean, I mean, we can't be too careful. Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> <laughs> There's it. always uh, time to exercise later on. That's so. right. Well, this week, um, it's going to be a, it's kind of a nerd cast. Um, and I don't know. We'll find out okay. how nerdy we are. Yep. Kind of nerdy. I, I, I think we'll get into this and find out there's people who are more nerdy than us, but here we go. <laughs> All right. The Baldy of the Week is Professor X yes. from yes. the Marvel Comics. Now, Ben, <laughs> I, he felt like this was a duplicate of Week 31 where we had Patrick Stewart. And Patrick Stewart did play <laughs> Professor X in the movies. He played, yeah. So he's the he's but, the actor behind Professor. So X. So I was yeah. going to change it, but then I got into this. Yeah. And I, I went back and I looked it up. I'm like, I didn't know we did Professor X, and then I saw mm, it was Patrick Stewart. I'm okay. like, this is not a duplicate. This is <laughs> we are right, highlighting so, a specific character yeah. for a specific reason, and again, he was played yeah. once by somebody we had highlighted. So but it's, a, it's, it's a good distinguishing thing is that uh, you know it, we've done the actual person, you know, uh, and we've also done like you know, the, the people who play the movies, the different uh, right. uh, personas. That's right. 
So, so I don't in, know. In this sense, we're doing a persona. Then we're doing an uh, an act, a character, a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be played by Patrick. Sure, but or was also part of my. Saturday morning cartoons at one point. We'll talk about that. Anyway, Professor X, or Charles Francis Xavier, was a character appearing in the American comic books published by Marvel Comics. Xavier is a member of the subspecies of humans known as mutants who are born with superhuman abilities. He is exceptionally powerful telepath who can read and control the minds of others. To both shelter and train mutants from around the world, he runs a private school in the X Mansion in Salem Center, located in Westchester County, New York. Xavier also strives to serve the greater good by promoting peaceful coexistence and equality between humans and mutants in a world where zealous anti-mutant bigotry is widespread. Hmm. So anyway, Professor X. Now, did, yeah. were you an X-Men fan? Or are you? Yeah, I am now as a kid. Not so okay. much because we just didn't watch it. And I don't know if it's it's not because we weren't allowed to watch watch it, I don't think. We just didn't I don't remember having the cable channels for us okay, to, watch to watch it. it. I just don't remember that. And then also with the comic books, none of us really did comics Let's growing up and so we kind of missed out on it. And so I didn't really get into X Men and the is it Marvel? Yeah. Okay. So in, into that world until they started making movies about it, you know, late into my teenage years okay. and, and adulthood. So, but now that I'm aware of it, I've watched most of the, the X-Men movies that have come out. Nice. I've enjoyed them. I've, I've, yeah. So I'd, I'd say I'm, a, I'm an X-Men fan. Probably not like, like, like uh, a nerd per se. So I'd, I don't know. Like I couldn't go toe to toe with someone who's really d- uh, dug into it. Sure. But I, I can appreciate it. So, I mean, I collected, like, trading cards of sports players, but I also did okay. um, Marvel characters. Marvel and character so cards. that was probably my introduction to Very the nice. X-Men. Okay. And so, you know, on the back of them, they had all the different, like, ratings of their, nice. like, strength or speed. Their powers and, that. and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so I, I remember having, like, just photo books uh, full of these cards. Yeah, and yeah. So, I was so that's kind of like precursor to like uh, Pokemon kind of kind of stuff, maybe. In yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how long Pokemon's been I around. No idea. But yeah. yeah, I was. So they had hmm. those, and so I remember that as a kid, kind of trading cards with people. Uh, but then, yeah, they had a Saturday morning cartoon. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. That was X Men, which I really, I always yeah. liked. Nightcrawler was my favorite. Okay, Nightcrawler. He got yeah. a little bit of press okay. in that movie, but not as much as I thought he should have. But um, so hmm. I, I, and I, I again, I haven't like deep dove on the comics like a lot of people do, um, but I, I was at least familiar with it. But so the reason I wanted to highlight Professor X was I feel like this this the whole series or story of the X Men hmm. and the tensions between these mutant humans and non mutants. Uh, get you thinking about how we as humans really interact with each other, especially when there are differences. And so Mm. if you're unfamiliar, basically these – again, yeah, there's uh, humans who have developed these uh, super abilities and uh, a lot of the tensions in in the show or the comics are – that other humans are very leery of this because if you have somebody who can shoot lasers out of their eyes, yeah, you, I mean, be afraid you know, of that. yeah, you could be afraid of that. Uh, but but the tension is how do 
humans respond to mutants, hmm. um, and oftentimes it's in a kind of a persecution. But then the other side yeah. of it is when humans react that way to these these mutants, how do they in turn respond mm-hmm. to humans? And so hmm. um, I don't know. As you uh, watch hmm. the movies or engage with this, um, what do you like? What's something that you appreciate about what? Because again, I think they're trying to make a social commentary just on how humans interact with each other, especially along lines of difference. Um, Is there anything that has like stuck out to you? Uh, Kind of a parallel to that is in, in Harry Potter with the muggles and and the wizards, you know? And so to me, it's just a caution for us. uh, Just realizing that people all around us, even people in our own community and people who look like us share our nationality that we're all different from each other in in different ways. Mm. And sometimes those differences are very obvious. And but I, I think, you know, for, for us as humans, the way that we sort of we think the best way that we think we survive is by getting into communities that are just very like minded, mm. you know, and walling ourselves off uh, from humans that are different in whatever whatever way we deem to be a threat. Hmm. And so the caution for us is, is to uh, find ways where we can be less threatened by differences with, even if we, even if they're differences that we disagree with, you know, fundamentally because of, you know, theologically or whatever, uh, find ways where those differences can be um, encountered up close and personal to Hmm. understand the person behind those differences. Hmm. And and I think maybe you know some of some of what we could take from the X Men or even from Harry Potter, and there are probably that's probably a repeated theme. In I would imagine movies and things like yeah. that is um, when we don't take the time to get to know the people who are you know beyond those differences. It's easy to um, really make them less than human mm. in a sense, and perhaps with the with the mutants, y- you might be tempted to say, well, someone who had mutant powers is, is not, they, they're either more than human, you know, or less than yeah. human in some way mm-hmm. and either, or it's, it could be threatening and, um, be a call to, to take up arms, to, to defend yeah. us non-mutants versus the mutants or mm. muggles versus wizards or yeah. whatever else. Well, it's interesting. So like in, in X-Men you have, uh, Professor X who again, he's, advocating one for mutant rights, but also trying to teach and encourage mutants not to respond mm. in kind to human oppression. Yeah, right. Um, right. Whereas his friend Magneto yes. is kind of the opposite. It's going, you know what? We've been mistreated. They're yep. oppressing us. And we're the more powerful ones. Yes. So let's, why are we putting up with this? Use those powers to defend ourselves. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. and it eventually probably comes to subjugating. And so it's just, and I like uh, those, those two philosophies. I'm sure if you got really into it, maybe it's more complicated than that. But mm-hmm. again, from my surface level sure. knowledge, uh, that it's, it's I, that exploration of those two philosophies, um, I think have found interesting to me. And I think, uh, as well, just thinking through, you know, how, how they portray um, that human tendency to when we're oppressed or persecuted, 
to do in kind to others, yes. that retaliation. Yep. And so I often think of just even in the biblical narrative, the war- like um, I've been in Exodus a little bit, so I've been thinking about how one of the constant warnings from God to his people is, you need to remember that you yes. were slaves in Egypt. We're once slaves. Mm-hmm. And so that when uh, strangers mm-hmm. or foreigners are in your midst, you don't treat them like you were treated. Yeah. And I think that that the reason these, I don't know, they're, I think tap into the human imagination a little bit, like you said, with whether it's Harry Potter, or sure. is, is it's highlighting that this is what humans do to each other yeah. under differences. And I think you hit the nail on the head when we can define someone as less than human or subhuman in mm-hmm. some way, it allows us to treat them like yeah. beasts yeah. rather than, um, you know, again, fellow images of God. And so I think those tap into it. And so I don't know, that, there may be, maybe there's a book there, Muggles and Mutants. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, I don't know, explore. I'd be curious if anyone knows of uh, another movie or movie series that kind of pits people against, you know, where it's basically binary. It's either this or that, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, let us know if you can think of any other storylines that go along. It's interesting. I'm trying to think. My son, I need to get back into reading it, but Keeper of the Lost Cities was one Mm -hmm. where there was kind of another realm. Uh, This this is probably something that's pretty common because I think it's a it's a it's a way to explore. Um, it's, it's an extreme version of just, di- again, differences along people. And so when you, again, yeah, add I the did. magic or the mutant element sure. to it, it highlights yeah. and makes it an extreme, which allows you to explore it a little like easier yeah. and not... It's not as close to home. Right. <laughs> sure. um, yeah. But I think there's a reason yeah. all those stories kind of resonate with people. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, hmm. Professor X. There you go. All right. Don't with retaliate this. in kind. I think that's one of the things we can learn from that's good. old Professor X. Yeah. Um, national celebration. So this is a multi-day event. <laughs> um, July 21st to the 24th is Comic-Con. All right, so for those of you who are, are unfamiliar, um, Comic-Con is celebrated annually following the date given by the responsible bodies in July. So again, this year it's the 21st to the 24th. This makes a great four-day summer extravaganza. In 2021, the event was held virtually thanks COVID. But uh, Comic-Cons, really, they're held all over. But mm. the main event that people think of is the one in San Diego, the San Diego <laughs> Comic-Con. The one. Yep. It's the most well-known of its kind. Um, and Comic-Con is not only comics, but it's also uh, like has all sorts of related pop culture elements and entertainment uh, forms. So gaming, movies, TV shows, um, just highlighted all over. And so surprisingly, the San Diego Comic-Con is actually a nonprofit event. So Oh, okay. There you go. You can get a tax wow, write-off okay. maybe <laughs> nice for doing for, that. for supporting. So um, uh, have you ever been to an event like this? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, good. I don't think so. You're not that far down um, the rabbit hole. <laughs> I I would I could see myself doing something out of curiosity. Someday, sure, you know, just like a local event, right? Just strolling through something. But you'd probably feel like an outsider oh, looking yeah. in. Oh yeah, okay. I would be one who like wasn't dressed up as my favorite character sure. or something along those lines. So I mean, I appreciate that, and I think that's that's fun and and good. But yeah, um, I don't know. Have, have you been to? I I have not. Okay. I have okay. not been to this type of event. Okay, it's fascinating to me. It is. Um, yeah, I would imagine yeah. that if I like if these had caught on and become more of a cultural item mm. when I was a little younger, yeah, uh, I might be. But now I just I feel I like you kind of look on with curiosity. 
curiosity is probably a generous term. I'm probably looking down my nose a little bit. Like, you, I mean, I like the show, but you guys yeah. are weirdos. Yeah. Um, that's probably not fair, but uh, yeah. So I haven't, I haven't been okay. there. I do, I do think it's. Fa- I think more and more, what I realize is how much all of these things, whether it's sports, entertainment, mm. whether it's coffee or food, like. There are these subcultures yeah. that are like worlds unto themselves. Yeah. And so I think all of them are a little right. curious to me right. in some ways. And so, because I don't know. <laughs> I mean, pro, that, when people hear me talk about my Bible, they probably feel that same way about me. Um, so, like, Is I. Is like just, a Bible con or something like that? Or? <laughs> we're going to look it up. I'm sure yeah, there probably this, is. That, I'd go to something like that just for, I don't know, see what's happening there. I bet you, dude. I don't even. I, I'd probably oh, get there and be like, ah, oh, gosh, I. I kind of want to be one of you guys, but I don't think that's going to I was going to say, that's where you might find some, yeah. Maybe it's best not to f- go to one of those. But. I don't know. Like, oh, again, they're all going to know ancient Hebrew, just like <laughs> if you go to the Star Wars one, that there's like, they're going to speak Ewok. Yeah. Is, right. is there yeah, a difference? Speak I don't Ewok. know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it, like if, mm. it, so just growing up, um, mm. since we're, we're not quite to this level yeah. of nerddom. But it, was there like a superhero sci-fi fantasy series um, that you that was kind of like your favorite a superhero? Probably Batman because we had okay. the the shows, the TV show with that actor. I forget his name. The the white. Uh, the, oh, he's always one. The the, the non muscular, like really creepy tights. You oh, know. the um, Adam West. <laughs> yeah. Oh Adam gosh. West, okay. Yeah. 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 We watched that quite a bit. So yeah, he was probably my favorite superhero. But then, we've come a long way. This is one of my favorite memes. Is when they show the first shows. Okay. With like what's they yes. out now? Yeah. Well, like the Christian Bale type Dark Dude, Knight Iron, kind of thing. The Iron Man one is hilarious. <laughs> Because um, the original Iron oh, Man on TV was okay. like it was a rough costume. Okay, we'll have to look it up later. Yeah, yeah. No, you know that. And then as I've um, gotten older, Star Wars has been fun. Of course, Tolkien. Um, those are those are are good for a, like a Sunday afternoon. You just put it on the TV and just feed up, go to sleep, wake up, watch some more of it. Just yeah. So I, yeah, I think those are probably my favorite. And and you know we've gotten into like the the Harry Potter thing too, um, you know through the years books, as well. Man. Yeah, some good. Eliana's reading. She's I think she's on like book four right now. So after she watch after she reads a book, then we watch the the movie that correlates with them. So. I mean the the movies were good, but there's so much that's mm-hmm. left out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And again, talking about what you what, kind of what we were talking about before the whole um, house elf element yeah, yeah yeah right and the yeah. oppression there like yeah. that's something they touch on in the sure. movies but just a little bit just a little bit yeah um but there's like yeah. that's a whole massive theme in the book yeah and then set and free dobby at the, at yeah. the very end oh, yeah. and then even on his grave marker because we just saw this on this weekend it was on uh, here harry potter 7 and it said here lies dobby a free elf yeah i thought that I was like, man that's such a they yes. really made a point to bring that out oh and it was like hermione was hilarious because in the book she's like always advocating and has mm. like i mean She's like the social justice warrior <laughs> for the um, elves. Book, yeah, for the elves in the book. It's pretty fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so that, yeah, that is a good one. That's awesome. Man, for uh, gosh, yeah, see, a some? lot of mine probably go along video game lines, and so mm. one that's uh, redeveloped in my house is uh, again Zelda. the Legend of Zelda because <laughs> yes. Asher's really into it. Yeah, and so um, he's yeah. he's now like played through. I think every single one <laughs> nice. of the games in the series. Fantastic. Except for there's a couple on like. 
kind of one of those like weird older like mobile consoles that I haven't been able to to get like a, a PC version of. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, that he's missing. So he's mm. like, he wants a few of those, but he's, he's pretty deep into that. And so it's funny. Like I was, I kind of into the lore, but not really that much, but like he, for Christmas for my mom, I think got like these, it's like encyclopedias mm. of Zelda stuff. And so it's like, oh my. so now I'm getting, so I'm getting all... an education on like the timeline. There's like various timelines. Wow. And yeah. I mean, it's not quite multiverse stuff, but yeah. like there's some things going on. And he's really, he's, uh, he's oh, yeah. really just oh, cramming you, it. If you want to know, just f- feel free to, you oh. want to hear my son talk okay. for two hours. Yep. Yeah. Um, you can do just that. Just ask a question okay. um, about, about Zelda, Zelda okay. and you, you'll get okay. more than you bargained for. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, that's, that's one that I enjoyed growing up. Yeah. Um, but my son has taken to uh, new heights <laughs> as far as, yeah. Cause he, <laughs> he, awesome. he might go to Comic-Con. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he might, might be, dress yeah. Up. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. So there, there's my, there's my last uh, question: is if you were to cosplay, Ben, yeah, who would you be? Yeah. So if you lost, like, okay, you you've clearly mm. stated you wouldn't choose to do this necessarily on your own, but if you lost yeah. a bet, yeah, if I lost a bet, that is, I would go, I, I would go as as a Jedi. Okay, I would go as a Jedi. Yep. Give me the give me the robe because then that I feel like a monk. You know, I yeah. feel like 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 a clergy wearing a robe kind of thing. That's not too far away out of our realm. So, yeah, I'd go. As, and and to me, that's like when when you think about like good versus evil, you think uh, God versus Satan. You know, there you go. So you could be the white mace Windu. Yeah, dude. Heck yeah. The purple lightsaber. Either that or or Gandalf the White. There dude, you go. I think Gandalf the White is that is one of the best. Like after he goes down and, and, and defeats the dragon, you know, and he comes back and he's no longer the gray and now he's on par with whatever that other white wizard is. Um, None shall pass. Mm. Man. So, yeah. So either okay, wizard or, or, um, or, um, yeah. So what about you? Man. That's, yeah, um, uh, <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'd stick with Star Wars. Maybe do Jabba the Hutt okay. or something. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like, the problem with superheroes is I no longer uh, – I don't think I ever had the physique to pull it off, but I certainly don't anymore. Yeah. Do you think so, you'd ever go as like an antagonist? Maybe like a kingpin. Okay. I could do a kingpin. He's okay. bald. Yeah. I'm not tall enough though. <laughs> I don't know. Is there some sort of like uh, – or maybe like Kraid, the little brain from the Ninja Turtles or something that mm. could – there's a new Ninja Turtles movie coming out. Oh uh, yeah, I would probably tend towards mm-hmm. not because I like them, but probably because I just again we we kind of highlighted this that yeah. people are suspicious of bald people, so we just lend ourselves to. to or maybe I could be Professor X. Who, there Boom. You he, he can't X. walk. You get to ride around in something. Have someone. Put, oh, that's right. So either you get yourself like a like a electric you know yeah, wheelchair, wheelchair or something. something like the little hover thing. That'd, That'd be, be kind of fun. That would be awesome. Okay. Run over some small kids, chasing them down. That'd be great. Be all right. I think it'd be fun. All right. So if if we ever end up going to like a Comic Con, then there it is. Here you go, Jedi. Yeah. And you can ride around on my Professor X hoverboard. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great. There you go, people. (laughs) That's awesome. This is not the episode you bargained for today. (laughs) 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 All right. This is still kind of nerdy. This is okay. But this is a good one. Yeah. This day in history, July 20th, 1969, mm. we've got a man on the moon. This is awesome. 
So Apollo 11 lunar module carrying Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin lands on the surface of the moon. Aldrin and Armstrong walk on the moon seven hours later. Michael Collins remains in orbit in the lunar module. That's amazing. So this was a little before our time, but yeah. did, it, did it influence you growing up? Did you like want to be an astronaut? No. Okay. I think I've always been afraid of the unknown, and that's extreme uh, unknown right there. You know, <laughs> and the, like the whole... I don't know, just the the chance of, I mean, it's it's so dangerous, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, especially back back then, like growing up, that was still, I mean, we're um, less than 20 years away from, from that, you know, growing up as, as kids. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I, I, I think I was always impressed that people could do that, but never really thought, man, one day I want to be an astronaut. But did, did you ever have... I, like yeah, dreams maybe yeah, I think the like watching them in zero gravity. Yeah, oh, yeah. is something I, I like. I would really like to experience cool. zero gravity. Yeah, I, th- I probably um, like maybe go in like a zero gravity machine or something, or like a yeah. ride at a park or something. Yeah, and again, I think it influenced some of the like shows. I mean, they're again the kind of space sci-fi things that kind of boomed. Yeah, probably even a little bit before then, but certainly out of then. Right, this idea that we actually sent people into space. I mean, you got Star Trek, Star Wars that started yeah. kind of popping up after that. And so obviously that influenced pop culture, which probably influences the imagination of young people. And so, um, yeah, I think it would be I think it'd be kind of fun. Um, I th- I'm trying to think, was it Disney World that had the. You could, you could, it was like a simulator, yeah. I think, where you could... Like, a zero gravity or like, oh, like going yeah, like into a, space or yeah, something? Yeah, or okay. like a rocket launch. Mm. And you got the G-forces and stuff. And actually after doing that, though, I'm like, I, I come off there a little dizzy going, I don't think I'm <laughs> equipped for this. <laughs> I could do this. Um, so, uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think the... the uh, I think just being on the moon or something would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it would be cool. Uh, but yeah, there's zero gravity. But again, being in small, tight spaces for long periods of time, that didn't necessarily have a lot of huge appeal to me. Either. Yeah. But hmm. so zero gravity would be cool. Um, okay. So I, I found this interesting, right? Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, we know those names. But Michael Collins, he was also mm. part of that mission. Yeah. So he, pilot, he piloted the command module that orbited the moon. Um, that was supposed to return to Earth should anything happen to Armstrong and Alden. Okay, and they 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 were actually thinking that maybe something bad could go wrong because yeah. this, they this had not been done it. before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so w- I just wanted to float this question: What would it be like to fly two hundred and thirty-eight thousand nine hundred miles only to go around the moon and not set foot on it? <clears throat> yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, if you trained, I would hope he went into space. Well, I guess he probably trained with that knowledge in mind. Yeah, probably, I think, I think he did. So I think as long as he knew going into it that he wouldn't step foot they on the moon. Just drew straws when they mm-hmm. got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that knows. would be terrible. Yeah, sure. <laughs> At that point, I mean, if you're all you know, kind of wanting to do it, and then it's like, well, we can only do let two go. But uh, so yeah, um, I mean, really, here's the here's the other thing. I mean, it makes me think of the that Ocean Gate, the Titan that went down to to go see the uh, Titanic. Mm-hmm. And they're in a submersible that they wouldn't even see it through like a window, but they were going to see it on a screen. Mm. But to me, it's like, can't you see it on a screen like above the surface of the ocean and get, <laughs> uh, anyway. yeah. Uh, so yeah, but it just makes, it makes you think that gosh, to fly that far to spend that much time. Um, I guess you would have to have a sense that 
my job in this is really important. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, these other two guys are, you know, they're going to stand on the moon, but without me, sure, know, <laughs> this is not possible. So no, it wasn't. And like, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, his his job was to be there because um, mm-hmm. I, I did some reading on it a little bit. So yeah, he did go with the full knowledge that this was his role. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, in in uh, the the trip and the mission. And uh, Mm. I just, it was one of those reminders that like, yes, support people matter. um, And oftentimes don't get the fanfare that, um, and these other two, and even, I mean, Neil Armstrong, he he was the first, right? So like, and then, so even I feel Buzz always, like he, I think he gets mentioned more now, but again, growing up, it was like, oh, Neil Armstrong, Armstrong first man on the moon, right? Right, right, right. and so I, with Michael Collins, I was like, you know what? That's I funny. should just I should talk about that guy a little bit because I feel like yeah. he made the trip too. He was there. He was there. Yeah, and he, he talked about. Um, it was interesting to hear him talk about what it was like orbiting that thing and just staring at the moon. Mm. And he, he talked wow, about wow. it going. He said he goes the, the sense that I got it was it was fragile. That's like that was the sense that he yeah. got as he's circling the moon, looking at it super up close. See something was like, up so close that you've only seen, yeah, just you know from such a far distance. Wow! And so, but yeah. like that that uh, that was just that term struck me that, that he used that one fragile. Um, so anyway, thanks Michael Collins for supporting those guys, and it's pretty cool. Again, we, we'd be talking more about him if those two had probably not made it back. Um, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did. Yeah, um, which he would have been able to bring yeah. back uh, information and stuff that was was necessary. So That's true. That's but, true. So uh, NASA is aiming to launch astronauts to Mars by the late 2030s or early 2040s. Um, mm. Elon Musk think it'll happen a little earlier. We'll see. But uh, would you be excited about that? You know, there's a part of me that's like, how cool would that be to see that happen? Mm. You know, I mean, to witness that would be like our version of landing on the moon for our generation. Sure. But then I think the necessity of that and the money that's mm. going to go into spent into mm. into doing that, you know, you like weigh that out with what other things could we be doing? Mm. Should we be doing? You know, and I'm not anti-discovery or anti-exploration because I mean we got Velcro and microwaves out of the deal, right? Right, right, yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, it's one of those things. That I'm not rooting for that to happen, but if it were to happen in my lifetime, mm. I'd I'd watch the live feed of it, you know, going on as it was happening. Hmm. <laughs> so I'm kind of indifferent on it, I guess. But I don't know. Do you have a? <laughs> what's your I, thoughts I'm, on I'm that? with you <laughs> in that I like. I think it's cool that like human ingenuity yep. like opens up the potential of that. And at the yep. same time, I'm looking at it going, is this babble? <laughs> sure. Is this what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. God gives us a perfectly good planet to inhabit, and we're like, oh, maybe there's other places for is us this, to live. Yeah, our version of trying to reach the heavens. <laughs> yeah, I building mean, a tower. Be, sure. Who's uh, sure? Yeah. And so, like, yeah, were we designed? <laughs> To do this, yeah, right. And again, I've just yeah. I've been I've been in the early parts of the Bible a lot recently. So like you have this humans trying to get there, and then you've got uh, spiritual beings who are kind of not inhabiting their space and coming into human territory. And it's like yeah. we don't want to do what we're designed to do. And yeah, be, be right. content with that. Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. Again, it's yeah. it's it's it's, it's neat. It's it is sure. absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And it's like you said, we spend so much time, effort, <laughs> energy, resources on things. Like, for what purpose? Like, yeah. we have a planet. Yeah, we're, we're not, there's not going to be a mass migration to Mars, 
you know, I, I just don't think that's in the cards. I think Jesus will come back before then <laughs> so, if yeah. things start getting that bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I know, I mean, I guess, again, from a secular perspective, there's hope. Is there other life out there? Could yeah. be whatever. And I'm like, again, I think my biblical worldview goes, no, God, like in all of the cosmos, like God created this beautiful place for us yeah. to will, like yeah. live and dwell. Sure. Um, and again, part of it is like we, you know, we spend a lot of time messing this place up, but it's like, we could just take care of this one so we, we don't could just have steward to steward it. Yeah, as right. God called us to yeah. in the first place. Yeah. How about we spend, yeah. I don't know, $5 billion <laughs> on that? Who knows? There you go. But again, if it ever happens, I'll yeah, be watching so, it. I don't know. Time. If you're one of those people that loves NASA, we're sorry to, to be downers. <laughs> but what's the point? There you go. <laughs> All right, your sermon, Genesis 22. Oh, this is a fun one. All right, so this is the story of uh, Abraham uh, being tested by God, and God uh, asks him uh, if he's willing to sacrifice Sacrifice his son. son. So Genesis 22, 1 through uh, 18, 19. Um, Now, Hmm. this this can be a troublesome passage for some people, and has it in the past for you kind of been a struggle? Not not really, not until probably a few years ago because before that, I just kind of took just the, well, you know, just that's just what, like, it's like reading it already knowing the end part of it. Sure. I think if, if we didn't know the end or we didn't know what the, the choice was, then maybe we'd be able, but because we know he didn't sacrifice his son, we just don't read it with the, sort of the shock, um, yeah. you know, that maybe we would have. But but then again, you know, um, as, as I've been reading it more and more throughout throughout the years, um, and I've kind of put it in context in human history, mm. that's kind of helped me to, to read it with some some fresh eyes as sure. well, you know. And so, um, but I don't know. I, I just just in a, in a different way, but not in not in like a troublesome way, okay. you know. But I know others have read the story and you know have been bothered by it. I think there's other stories in, in the scriptures that bother me more than this one. But this one's more. You can you. It's like like a diamond. You can kind of twist it and turn it and see something new in the story and make some really cool connections between um, what happens later on in, in the Gospels when, when Jesus comes along. Um, you know, or sure. make some connections with um, what's going on there in Genesis is already in, in that time period. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I only struggled with it like when I was already critical of the Bible and didn't actually read the Bible. Sure. And, you know, someone probably raised this as, God's a moral monster, look what he would do. And I was like, yeah, that's awful. And then si- since, like, I actually, like, started taking the Bible seriously and actually yeah. just, like, re- I think one of the things you did Sunday is if you just do a close reading of the text, yeah. it doesn't really read the way no. people are critical right. of the Bible, right. um, want to frame this story. It sure. doesn't actually read that way. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times it was just I would jump on again. It's one of the easier ones for someone yeah. who just, if they want to pick on God, then they might do that. But So yeah, I wanted to talk about larger context, but before we oh. do that, actually... Um, I didn't have this question on there, but I, th- I think you did a, a great job on Sunday, and so I actually want to maybe just yeah. revisit some of the ideas. Sure. Of, like the the you you talked about clues yeah. in the text yeah. um, that uh, Abraham um, kind of understood that this 
this was this was a test. I mean, one, yeah. Yeah. I think it starts off by saying God tested yeah. Abraham, and right. we'll, I think we'll talk about why God is doing that sure. um, in a second. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, the, in the text, it seems like Abraham. There's mm. this confidence or this faith, yeah. hopefully that God's been looking for sure. to his promises yeah. um, that he evidences throughout. And so I don't know if you would just want to highlight a few of those again yeah, for us. Yeah, so I think it was in was it verse 7, 22 verse 7, I want to say. I want to read that when you see that. I think that's the one, maybe. Yeah, the, oh, so verse 8, that's the second one. I was th- actually thinking of uh, when they go Let's up. See. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's on in verse 5. Yeah. Okay. So they, Abraham and Isaac leave the servants behind. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the distance in the place. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I go and the boy, while I and the boy go over there, we will worship. And then he says, and then we will come back to you. Now that's NIV. What are you reading from? So this is the CSB. He says in verse five, he says, and Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship and then we'll, we will come back to you. wonder so. how many versions have the, then we will come, come back to you. So that to me right there, like there's a sense I don't. It doesn't seem like he's trying to like cover it up and make no. you know kind of throw the servants off on the trail, you know, not so that they wouldn't think, "Are oh, you really going to go sacrifice your son?" But yeah. it just seems like there's a he's ready to do it if if that's what God is calling him to do. But it's almost like there is this sense in which I don't think <laughs> I don't think right. that's where this is going to lead to. Sure. But he's obviously ready to do it, right? And so there's a there's an interesting tension there. Um, that it's it's um, it's easy to sort of just kind of get rid of that tension and just say that he was just gonna he was just gonna go through with it without any with but it, there just seems to be that hesitation and then mm-hmm. in verse in verse uh, seven uh, when Isaac mm-hmm. speaks up said to his father uh, the fire and the wood are here Isaac said but where is the lamb for the burnt offering and Abraham answered. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And so the two of them went on together. So, so it's like Abraham is like, he doesn't know how, um, and he doesn't know all the details. And again, he is prepared to sacrifice his son if, I mean, he draws out that knife. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like he's like holding onto the knife and just, just waiting, you know? But like, it seems like in, in the text that he's, like he's drawing it, and when God calls out to him in verse 12 uh, or verse 11, the angel of the Lord calls out, Abraham, Abraham. So it's like urgent, like, no, no, stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't go any mm-hmm. more with that knife. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, again, that's a very interesting place for Abraham to be at, um, trusting that God is going to provide a suitable sacrifice, but yet willing to still go through with, with what God has called him to do up to that point. Yeah. That's mind-blowing. So, and that's where I think the, because one of the reasons when you read this story is you're like, why, why is God doing this? Yeah. And this is where I think if you go back and just read the Abraham story, it like to me it just makes perfect sense sure. why God sure. actually had to do this. And so I thought yeah. uh, we could talk a little bit, how does a larger yeah. context of Abraham's story help frame this passage uh, in a different light than when you, if you just take it in isolation? Well, you have, I mean... Abraham sort of has this, these moments of, of just amazing faith, of stepping out on faith and believing God, trusting God, and then moments of 
not <laughs> trusting yeah. God. Him and and Sarah, you know, just the whole birth narrative. Mm-hmm. And and it's interesting here because, you know, talking about your your son, your only son, it's easy to forget that actually before Isaac there was you have you have Ishmael <laughs> you know and so and and so that's that's an interesting point to forget but the, I think that's important also to remember mm. that that may play into this is that Abraham at times and Sarah sort of take things in into their own hands yeah. and and try to make God's promises come about through their own means and that's when they go off track and, and get into trouble and so uh, I think this story again is is all about a a full and complete trust. Let me see. I think at mm-hmm. the end of this one here, in verse, where's that at? Where where God says, oh man, it's kind of the take. Oh, okay. Verse. Oh yeah, it's it's on. It's on in verse twelve. After after the angel tells him not to kill mm-hmm. kill a son, in verse twelve, do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, "Do not do anything to him." Now I know that you fear God because mm-hmm. you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Um, and so, even in this story, there might have been for Abraham the temptation to look at Isaac as the the salvation, God's answer over and above his faith in, in God. Mm. And so here that's really put to the test in a very extreme, you know, manner. (laughs) So anyways, well, and that's, uh, yeah, like you said, I think it's the faith and that's, that's something that I don't know. Abraham has exhibited a lot up Mm. until this point. Yeah. So it's like you said, and so 12, God calls Abraham, Mm -hmm. he, you know, brings him out of, Ur of the Chaldees shows them the land, says, this is the land where you dwell. Yeah. Well, he promptly leaves that land <laughs> and true. goes down into Egypt. Yeah. And he talks about, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless all nations through you. Yeah. Um, and as a part of that little trip, uh, he ends up in Egypt where he tries to give his wife away. Mm, yes. <laughs> right. So, yeah. you know, it's how are you going to make yeah. into a great nation if you're giving your wife? So the thing mm-hmm. that God promised, he's like giving away. Yeah. Um, that thing by which God would bring a promise if he if he believed him, mm. um, yeah. and that's uh, he does that twice mm. actually where he tries to give Sarah. Does away he do that in Sodom and Gomorrah too? Um, it's not Sodom. It's not Sodom and Gomorrah. It is. I think it might be down in Egypt again. Oh, okay. Um, so anyway, yeah. but there, it does happen a second time. I want to say it's. Let's see. Sarah laughs. Three visitors, destruction. Oh, uh, it's yeah, chapter twenty, Abimelech. Oh, okay. So he goes down to the Negev. Mm. So yeah, it's still southern. It's not quite Egypt, but a little bit. So um, mm. chapter twenty is where he does it again. But in like, um, so God again in fifteen, he comes to him and gives him a promise. Yeah. And the next story is, you know, I'll give you your offspring are going to be more than you can count. Yeah. Okay, yeah. um, and rather than wait for God to bring that about through mm. his wife, what he does is probably rape his handmaid, um, mm. per his wife's suggestion, mind you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's where you get the Hagar and Ishmael incident. Yeah. Um, so again, his refusal to trust God's promises, mm. or 
to let God bring about his promises on on God's own terms yeah. um, results yeah. in this thing. And so out of that, you get the circumcision, which I always love. Is a, It's a sign of promise, but it's also, I think, a sign of judgment. It's both. <laughs> you did this thing with your junk, so yeah. we're going to mark it <laughs> for my purposes uh, moving forward. Yeah. Um, and so, again, that's like three times you'll, you'll see either he gives Sarah away or he tries to, again, sleep mm-hmm. with Hagar, or later he'll give Sarah away after God's re-upped his promises and says, mm-hmm. it's not going to be through yeah. another. It's going to be you and Sarah. Yeah. He makes that a specific promise. Yeah. Um, and so, mm-hmm. again, he, he just has – throughout his whole track record is that he doesn't really, truly mm-hmm. trust God's promises. Yeah. And so um, it's interesting with Sarah and uh, Hagar, right? She gets upset and angry and wants to uh, send him off. Uh, and it, it says in, I think it's 2111, this was very distressing to Abraham because mm. of his son, yeah. uh, Ishmael, who he doesn't w- want to see die, obviously, because he sure. still loves him. It's his, still his son. Yeah. Uh, but he says, you know, whatever Sarah does, do that. It's okay. I'm going to mm. look. We're we're doing this whole like promise thing through Isaac, but I will also make a great nation out of Hagar's son, yeah, because he is your offspring, yeah. And so it's interesting to me that before the mm-hmm. Isaac incident of the sacrifice, there's also this track record of God saving and rescuing his yeah. other son, sure, and bringing about the promise. And so it's like finally it sinks in yeah. twenty two, and so. Again, when you, well, I think when we read mm. God tested Abraham, it can be like, well, why does he feel the need to do that? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> um, we've got yeah. 10 chapters of this guy absolutely refusing yeah. to really just trust God fully mm. to bring about yeah. his promises. Sure. And so now he's, I mean, he has said it's going to be through Isaac. Yeah. Like literally that's yeah. through Isaac that I'm going right. to bring these promises. So if right. Abraham clings to these promises, yeah. what we should see mm. is what you pointed out in the text. Yeah. That we're going to come back to to, yeah. to, to you. Yeah. God's going to provide the he's land. He's going to come yeah, uh, somehow. <laughs> because I understand that even though he's <laughs> yeah. like he's seeing if I'll, yeah. I'll be obedient to this, do I really right. trust that his promises will carry through? Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, and this, and I think the writer of Hebrews will mark mm. this. Uh, Paul and Romans. Uh, this yeah. is a great moment of Abraham's faith, but it was a long time coming. Yeah. Um, and so again, I think that te- that testing piece mm. it was probably more for Abraham. Than it was for God. I mean, God says, sure. I, I now say oh, that yeah. you fear me. But finally, yeah. Abraham can look at it and go, I'm actually believing mm. the promises of God fully. And yeah. I'm not doing it on my terms. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm doing it the way he's he's asked to carry it out. And so I think that mm. that narrative that's is good. just – and that's not the only two places happens. Sure. Like there's a Gideon's narrative is like this. It's like, yeah. uh, like with the army of 300. Yeah. I think the only reason God does it that way is because Gideon tests God, tests God, tests God, like three times in the text, yeah, yeah. and then God says, "Okay, my turn." Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and and so in the same way, like I don't know, and again, this is all hypothetical, but like, would Abraham have had to go through this test if he had just trusted God in the first place? Sure. Um, and so I think it's that that flavor, just really for me. Yeah. Um, with a lot of these characters uh, in the scripture, when God asks them to do something difficult, what like if you read the wider context, you're like, oh, they really asked for this. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and I, to me, as as a dad, I'm just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> this makes perfect sense. Yeah, Good sure. move. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I know yeah. that that feels strange to some people, but yeah. the, I guess the more I've been in the Bible, the more I've 
people who are critical or really point these things out as like, oh, it's so extreme and awful. I'm like, you're not really reading the story. Yeah. Like, because you're like, that's actually just an ironic twist, which yeah. is actually quite, it's poetically just sure. in a way. Um, yeah. And so I don't know. That, to me, that's always been very helpful. Yeah. So as you kind of have wrestled through this passage and now preached on it, is there just, if you're going, man, this is the powerful message that mm-hmm. I think I'm taking away yep. that we can continue to live out today? Yeah, I, and I think it's it's really um, for for Abraham coming away um, understanding fully that that um, God's God's will, God's ways mm. um, can be trusted, mm. and and that God's intentions for us are good. When when things go sour, it's because we we turn on on those mm. things, we turn our backs on on God's wisdom, and so uh, thinking about looking ahead in the story in the gospel and thinking about um, God sending his one and only son to and and not sparing his son um, is such a beautiful picture mm. of, of sacrifice um, mm. for, for us as um, you know we we get to be on the receiving end of, of God's mm. own self-sacrifice you know and and so I think if we connect this story with with Jesus, mm. um, it's such a beautiful um, looking forward, you know, mm. and and seeing that God didn't ask, you know, he he didn't have Abraham go through with that, but then later on in the story, God gives of Himself mm. in 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 an incredibly uh, painful mm. way, you know, to the point where Jesus on the cross is identifying with us my god my god why have you forsaken mm. me you know uh crying out that psalm 22 and um and so yeah it's just i think it's it's there's there's a beautiful picture of of a god who instead of demanding humans give mm. um in order to satisfy him instead he he gives to us so that hopefully we'd understand Mm. That that's the picture of love, mm. you know. That, that God's what 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 Jesus did on the cross just proves God's love for us, mm. and and tells us that, um, you know, if anyone has any doubts about about God's intentions for you, mm. just look at the cross, you know, mm. and and see what He's done there. Amen. Fullest picture of fullest revelation mm. of God's love that we get, and of course, like you know, as I said on Sunday. You know, God was giving revelation to humanity all throughout the Old Testament using prophets and visions and dreams. Um, but, you know, that, that revelation of himself apart from Jesus is, is trampled on and it's, mm. it's, you know, through human sin and human error. Uh, you know, the, the, the best way for God to reveal himself was through, was through Jesus. And e- even, the, even still then, mm. you know, humans, uh, we, we have this image of Jesus mm. and we still trample on it and we still turn our backs on it but at least there's we can we can put a, a physical act you know with with mm. god's love and then this thing that's rooted in real history mm. you know amen and so so yeah so you know so I, I did make the connection about just really understanding how much uh, god loves us that god would give him of himself to mm. us and so i think that's kind of my my, my takeaway is just for us to just be content with what God has done on our behalf and, mm. and to know that there's no there's no sacrifice, there's no work that will cause God to love us anymore. Um, and if we can wrestle, if we can believe that that's true, 
um, then I think that's what's going to change. That's what changes our hearts. Mm. That's what causes us to turn from sin is to, is to know that there's a God who, um, you know, he's already, he's everything that's required of us hmm. to be accepted is already done. Hmm. Amen. So we just get to believe it, which Amen. is easier said than done. Yeah. <laughs> Abraham proves that one. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And th- I think that's yep. the result though, for uh, those of us who are, are, are like Abraham chosen. Yeah. God, God chooses the one to bless the many. Right? This yeah. is pattern in scripture. That's it. And when, when, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we've been chosen, mm. and we, but we have to live in those promises uh, that God has made. Yeah. And when we do that, like oh, we, yeah. we are a blessing to others. Yeah. Like God, God will use us to bless others. But when we resist it, mm-hmm. I think we we like Abraham can leave a wake of destruction oh, yeah. and hurt, absolutely, um, and pain in our path. And so it's, that's a good encouragement. God's God can be trusted, and His yeah. promises are trustworthy and that yeah. we can bank on them. For and sure. like I said, it's often easier said than I'm going to believe and have faith in those <laughs> to believe than it, to, yeah. to actually yeah. uh, live that out. Sure. But, yeah. Again, but how freeing for the human mind to, to know that, um, you know, that there's, that there's like God, God's love doesn't change um, based on my best day and my worst day. Mm. And so we can believe that in Christ, there's no condemnation. You know, mm-hmm. um, and and so that's that's a gift for us. But yeah, like you said, that's that's really the we've that's where we kind of are like Abraham, and uh, where we struggle, and that's probably going to be like an everyday kind of wrestling for all of us. For for those that you know believe it and, and trust it, there's going to be different shades of that on, on a daily basis. But it's um, it's the good news. Amen. So the the word is repent and believe, right? Is that Amen. kind of the daily repentance and, and believe? So, well, and this week, yeah, you get to look forward. You're gonna you're gonna do an overview of Revelation. Yep, little little synopsis of of the book of in Revelation in twenty minutes. In twenty, yeah, pretty For close Tanya's to that. Sake. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try maybe twenty five minutes. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, looking forward to that. That was the most requested topic for for people for the uh, the summer mixtape. So should be good. Um, just be aware. I mean, like I said, it's just a synopsis. So for those who want to dive into it, I'll have some resources to share with you and invite you to kind of do some digging into it. And uh, one of the best ways to dig into it is just read the book um, and just read it over and over yeah. and over again and, you know, underline some of the repeated words and themes yeah. and songs. I mean, because that's really been one of the fun things for me is just to see these repeated images and words and stuff. Well, I think it'll be great for, for you to give people a, a framework by which to look at the book because there's yeah. there's various frameworks. Yeah. And like you said, when you get into the weeds yeah. and the details, um, you, w- your conclusions you're going to draw are based on like what framework you're starting from. And I think there are some that are way better than others. Sure. Um, and again, not everybody's going to agree on those, but sure. um, I look forward to seeing kind of what, yeah. what you offer to us as a, as a framework. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, it'll be great to see who picks it up. And sure. and you said this is kind of maybe a preview for something that's coming down the road. Though, yeah, right? I mean, we'll probably do you know because when people say that they want to do something through Revelation, they probably want more than a synopsis. Pastor Scott did a, a Revelation series not too long ago, so I'm I, you know I still 
Anyways, and it's it's probably not going to be what we do is not going to be very much different than what Pastor Scott did because I, uh, from what I understand, I mean he's very like minded on my understanding of, mm. of Revelation. So, um, not to say that there won't be any differences whatsoever. That's just impossible. But um, I don't think I'm going to, you know, in that ser- in it whatever series we do, whenever we do it, um, there's probably going to be some that are going to remember Pastor Scott's and say, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. But mm. it's just I I think that there's some. <laughs> There's there's some people that that want revelation to be taught in a way like if it doesn't match their understanding of revelation I can understand how that would be a little bit of a letdown. Sure. <laughs> so let me just warn you it may be a little bit of a letdown for you but there are you can find many preachers and, and books that will tell you another way to think about it. So well and that's where I think <laughs> I, I think what you guys what what people find is that that there is a richness underneath yeah. some of the yeah. the just various ways of looking at it that yeah. has been timeless and that has encouraged the church for, sure. uh, for over 2,000 years. And so when you can get Absolutely. back into that vein, yeah. um, it, again, it's different, mm-hmm. um, but I think it can be thoroughly fascinating and encouraging to the church, so we'll yeah. look forward to that. Too. My hope is that Christian, more Christians will, will be comfortable reading through Revelation and not just treat it as a, let's just do this every once in a while. Right, that weird yeah. Yeah. book that I... Yeah. It's in the canon, yeah. and I mean it. It, it perfectly, um, it, it you know you had Revelation, uh, you got Genesis with the first garden, and then you end Revelation yeah. with, with the last garden. It's the it's the perfect bookend to the story. So. So. It really is. It's mm. it's an epic. It's it's epic. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. I love it. I, I've been I've been having fun reading through it. So fantastic, it's been good. So. Well, anything else for us, or uh, you know, I think that's. Uh, I mean, w- so your your last Sunday, July thirtieth, we'll invite folks to come out right. uh, that morning at nine fifteen in the social hall, and come have donuts and coffee, and wish them the show as well, and uh, let them know how much you love them, because uh, I because I know you do, and I thank you for for loving them well as as you you have for so many others in the church. Mm. Um, and here's a shout out to our, our new friends down in Branson as well at, at Harvest E Free. How many of, however many of you are listening on, in on this <laughs> thing, you know now. So we're, we're going to look forward to expanding the the Baldy family a little bit. So it'll be great. It'll be awesome. Yeah. All right, folks, have a great week and beware of the bears. Yeah, grace and peace out. <laughs>